Good day to all those listening, and thank you for tuning in today. I'm Isaac Davenport, and today my colleagues and I will be talking about the positives, as in all the good things of the COVID-19 pandemic. I know it's not very often you hear the words positive and COVID-19 in the same breath. Well, at least not the type of positive we're talking about. The world already has enough negatives, and as the great Miss Laura Ingalls Wilder once said, there is good in everything, if only we look for it. I was given the topic of how everyday life has improved during the pandemic. Many people's lives have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. People have had to work from home, lost their jobs, or even had to change careers. Surprisingly, these come with good aspects. I'm here with Ms. Davenport, a parent of four and a junior high school teacher. Thank you for your time today to answer a few questions. How has the pandemic changed your life for the better? Well, I think the biggest positive I've experienced is time. More time with family, more time for hobbies, home, reflection, things like that. Our society has become so fast-paced and busy, a never-ending stimulation. I think as a society, we've forgotten how important things like rest and reflection and slowing down is for our, to our health. It was nice not to have to be on the go all the time and have places be so busy when we were able to get out. I think back to the original lockdown and how much time there was available to think about things I hadn't thought about before. Spending time with family and doing hobbies I hadn't done in a long time. I recently read on a blog by Vipin Thomas that the number one benefit of the pandemic has been the ability to build a better future because of increased family time and better working planning. Oh, I agree with that ranking. I hadn't really thought about how it affects the future, But I can say most people I've talked with don't want to go back to how life, especially familiar relationships, was before the pandemic. People have found interest in music, poetry, booking, cooking, outdoor activities, and loads of other things. Around the world, people are getting out, enjoying their environment every day. Parks are being revived, and in some cases, commuters are asking for some roads to be closed so there's more space for people. Would you mind telling us about some of the activities that have helped made your life better? Well, haven't we heard how the majority of Americans during the first lockdown started picking up cooking? I, too, did my fair share of experimenting with new recipes and going back to some of my favorites. Things I hadn't been able to do since I started working again. I kind of stopped doing a lot of things, just being short on time, busy with kids and work. It definitely is a positive to be able to have family dinners again and be able to cook full meals, like healthier meals, because we are no longer rushed and on the go trying to find the quickest fast food place to stop at. Work for most people has dramatically changed during this unprecedented time. Working from home has become more common and people are having mixed feelings about it. There have been instances where there's increased productivity, better scheduling, more work time, and increased demand for in-person meetings. There have been instances of increased mental illness. Since the start of the pandemic, the state of mental health has doubled. You, uh, you mentioned your work. Could you explain what you do and if there's been positive you've seen with parents at home with your students and if you've had positives or any experiences with your own kids in their school? Yeah, I'm a junior high school teacher. I teach history and I teach 7th and 8th graders. So for seventh graders, the first year of junior high has an, is an interesting time anyways. There's a lot of adjustments that have to be made in junior high to begin with. So to start a year out with all these new procedures and protocols, you know, it definitely took some adjustments. 
But I think overall it helped kids to realize that they can overcome challenges and that they can really rise to the occasion. Kids really wanted to be in school. And so I, lot, I saw a lot of, well, instead of just grudgingly, you know, wearing their masks or trying to break the rules, they really just focused on how they could stay in school. It might be the first time ever that teachers have heard students say they want to be in school. That's a positive thing that kids want to stay in school, that they're willing to step up and take responsibility for their actions. I haven't really had to spend time in my class reminding students to pull up their masks or keep following procedures because they took it on themselves because they wanted to stay in school. And I think this pandemic is adding a new level of responsibility for students that will only help them be successful in life. There have been talk that parents have really stepped up in helping their kids with school and being a greater part of their lives. As a teacher and parent, have you seen evidence of this? Yes, there's a lot more involvement. Parents had to step it up, especially when we have to do a soft closure. Like in the spring, when everything's closed down completely, we still had to teach and they were still required to learn. The only way it worked was parents and students had to engage with each other. You know, it's hard being online and teaching online and so parents had to get involved in order for their students to succeed. And that's something that kind of shifted in our education. Parents had started not to have as much involvement. And that's a bad thing. Teachers, we're, we're here to support learning. But education is really on the student and their parents. Thank you for your time with this interview, as well as being a teacher during this pandemic. Throughout this crisis, we should always be looking for the good. This pandemic is a challenge meant to be overcome through determination and compassion for our neighbors and community. Thank you for listening once again. COVID has brought the most influential, egotistic, and racially challenged country to its knees. Believe it or not, COVID-19 has been like a sturdy lighthouse that has been shining its beacon of realization onto the foggy, dark sea of reality. One section of the sea that has been in COVID's spotlight for many times in a row is America's education system. Most parents and students are oblivious to the amount of work teachers have to do, but that stopped when school went online last spring in 2020. To help me travel through the swampy sea of Chromebooks and Google Meet codes is my mother, who has been helping parents and kids for more than 10 years. Now, let's get to the long-awaited interview. Good morning. Um, all the students who are probably listening to this and Probably the only ones who are going to listen to this. Um, I have brought my uh, beautiful mom, who I'm going to interview. Uh, she is a neurodevelopmentalist for the National Association of Child Development. And uh, do you want to list your educational background and what you do? Sure. Um, I have a master's in education and curriculum and instruction. And for the past 23 years, um, I have... Um, as a neurodevelopmentalist, designed um, individualized neurodevelopmental and educational programs for children um, and have taught them to the parents to implement at home. All right. Um, now that goes on to our first question. How do you think COVID-19 brought the important role of teachers into the light? I think that um, parents have had 
a whole new level of, um, have developed a whole new level of understanding and appreciation for all that teachers do um, in terms of everything that they have to, everything that they're required to teach, the amount that they're required to teach. Um, and, you know, with kids being at home and, and parents having to really step up and play an active role in helping the teachers. Mm-hmm. How about, what do you think will happen to the, when this is all over, what do you think will happen to the school curriculum of the United States um, after COVID? Do you think there'd be any change or good change at that? Well, one change that I think is important is, you know, a lot of stuff has had to go online um, because of, of being at home. But one of the unfortunate realities is those children who are in poverty don't necessarily have access to online things. They don't have the internet at home. They might not have parents at home that are able to take them to the library to access their um, uh, materials or or whatnot. So I would hope that um, moving forward, it brings more attention to those in poverty that we have to have alternatives um, for those students. And um, how do you feel about the people who think that COVID-19 was the main reason why their kids' grades have fallen? Well, I disagree with that. Um, I don't think that it... um, COVID-19 definitely threw a wretch in um, how schooling has been done. But, you know, ultimately, in terms of responsibility, um, responsibility falls on parents and the kid. Um, You know, too many parents nowadays, um, parenting has changed over the last 20 years. And, um, you know, if their kids aren't doing well in school, it's somebody else's fault. And... Um, you know, ultimately, parents are responsible for their child's education and their development, and teachers are there to help and assist and, and obviously play a role, um, but parents and kids have to assume that responsibility. Um, it's not, not just COVID. Mm. And this goes with the next question I found while I was reading an article on Brookings.edu. Mm-hmm. The article was called, How is COVID-19 Affecting Student Learnings? And it showed a chart um, that showed the, the grades, uh, math grades of students from grade three to grade eight, eighth grade to third grade. And it showed that their math scores, the, um, last year of 2020 have fallen a lot, um, from their last scores in 2019. Do you think that COVID is to blame for these, um, for these fallen grades? Um, well, for math, especially if we're looking at mostly in, um, you know, elementary school, you know, Common Core, which is pretty much nationwide, Common Core math is completely different than the math that we were taught as parents. So a lot of us as parents, um, trying to teach Common Core math is very, very difficult because they have absolutely no clue what it is they're talking about. It's different. And, you know, in, in many um, uh, schools, there isn't, uh, there isn't textbooks or anything like that. And so, um, cause we, cause we've all moved to online we've, sources. We've moved to online sources and, and whatnot. So it's just such a different form of math. It doesn't surprise me because parents don't really know how to, to teach the kind of math that's being taught in school, in class. All right. Well, those, those are all the questions I have for you today. I want to thank you for 
talking on my podcast. You're welcome anytime. Thank you. Parents and guardians around the world have been forced to realize that they can't be lazy about their kids' education. The students need stimulation, and they can't get that from screens, so parents need to step up when it comes to their kids' education. One of my favorite quotes, which relates to this interesting topic, is from the Farrelly Brothers, which says, Life is like going the wrong way on a moving sidewalk. Walk, and you stay put. Stand still, and you go backwards. To get ahead, you have to hustle. Thank you.